This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is a special edition iFanboy podcast on Captain America the Winter Soldier. Hello, 
welcome to the special edition iFanboy podcast on Captain America the Winter Soldier. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and I'm here with Paul Montgomery. Hello America and the world. And joining us, guest hosting this week, tagging in for Josh Lanigan is Jeff Kanata. I am going to do my best. I can't, I'm a sad, sad uh, substitute for Josh, but I will do my best. We've known Jeff for a long time. Uh, Jeff hosts DLC. He hosts Newest Latest Best. You may have known him from Totally Rad Show. He, uh, he's everywhere. Or his many guest appearances and many other podcasts. He was on an iFanboy, I believe. Yeah, way back. The video show interviewing oh, Stanley, yes, right? Oh, yes, way back with Stanley, correct. That I was claimed to fame, I think. Out of my head. One of, the, one of the great moments of my life, indeed. Meeting, meeting Stan the man. And Jeff and I have been very secret Marvel movie buddies. We always end up That's at, the right. same, at the same Los Angeles uh, press screenings. We, you arrive separately and just we, yeah. we tell anyone about clandestine. It. Uh, <laughs> Avengers, Thor, Captain America. So we, uh, we tend to do that. And I thought, why haven't I had him on the show yet to talk about it? So this was the perfect chance because uh, I feel like he and I had a very similar reaction to this film. And I'm also a huge, huge fan of uh, fanboy. I, I listen to you guys uh, give me my recommendations every week and uh, dig the site. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. Thanks. So quick, uh, quick warning. This is a review show, so we, there'll be spoilers. You haven't seen Captain America Winter Soldier. You don't want to spoil it, and you don't, because there's a bunch of twists and turns here that we're going to talk Bucky. about. It's Bucky. Well, we're going to get to that a bit, too, which is I, the marketing for this has been strange. His face is just dirty, but he's Bucky. Don't worry. Um, so, you know, well, it's too late now. I was going to say pause the show, but Paul ruined it for you. If so. you're <laughs> listening to the show and you haven't seen you, you want spoilers. That's right, everybody. So. Robert Redford is Bucky. Which is, <laughs> he can do anything. <laughs> so this was the sequel to a film, and I hadn't realized how long ago the first one was, but it was three years ago, the last Captain America. Sounds about right. <laughs> well, they, they, so many of these keep coming out. And it's such this, it's the same story. And I just you, you know you don't I don't realize how long ago mm-hmm. these individual pieces are. But this is the latest in a, you know in that Marvel Cinematic Universe tapestry, and uh, in this film, Steve Rogers is now a full-fledged part of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's an operative, and he's adjusting to life in the modern world. This is really the story I think a lot of people were looking forward to ever since the ending of their first Captain America movie. We saw bits and pieces of it in the Avengers movie, but really, this is where we get to the meat and potatoes of Cap in the modern world. And He has I'm an just, apartment. He has his own washer-dryer in there. It's, he's all ready he, to go. He should feel lucky about it. But I'm going to just go out and say that I thought this was the best Marvel movie and maybe the best comic book movies since the dark knight oh that's I, what I, I think i think it's number two to the avengers for me personally but uh but yeah it's it's up there and and, and one of the great superhero films of all time as far as well, I'm I, I think avengers will still win for me as a spectacle you know like i i love it i watch it all the time but to me this, as, a, as a like a film a story and a you know construction of it i thought this was a better story but i don't want to get to the to that because i think they're both great films but this blew me away yeah, i thought it was all right this? No, no, I, I I liked it quite a bit. There there are some things keeping it from that eagle's nest that you have it at. So, wow, we'll get into. I'm that. surprised. So, Jeff, what did you what did you love about this? this Pretty movie? much everything. I um <laughs> I'm so excited to be on this particular show talking about it because most of the outlets that I I talk on, it, people are like, oh my god, I'm such superhero fans. It's, it's like, yeah, well, because you've been watching the movies, not because you grew up and you were eight. And you imagined a world in which there were superhero movies, but that world seemed impossible. And, right. and you can't – and the fact that we're living in that world now <laughs> and it's 
it's almost exactly as I wished it to be. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to start. See, they start with a Captain America movie back in the 40s, and then he falls into ice. And then in the Avengers movie, they find him. Like, that has happened. I, I, I still can't <laughs> get over the fact that that has happened. It's, okay. it's still pretty thrilling to see, you know, on the black screen in white after the final coda, you know, Captain America will return in, Iron Man will return in. Right. I love that moment. Oh, it's so wonderful. And the fact that this is all working out so well uh, is just – I just want to take a moment and acknowledge that and how joyous I am. And the fact that I think it's inherently easier to create superhero movies when they are origin stories because right. superhero origin stories are, are, are a great – an easy idea to wrap your head around and, and they have a clear three-act structure and you know how to make that movie, right? But the fact that Marvel seems to be knocking it out of the park with these non-origin story movies I think is so, so exciting to me. And the fact that I think that this Captain America movie is better than the first Captain America movie, which I thought was excellent as well. Um, and it, it doesn't – it assumes that you know everything right. about this character mm-hmm. and this universe. And the fact that they get away with so many ridiculous comic book tropes that we all as comic book readers get but that the, the general public seems to just take for granted. Like, yeah, dude has a metal arm. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. No We're explanation. for his body? No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he, he – He's going to be, uh, you know, 80 years old and yet somehow stayed young. Well, yeah, there's a scientist who did some stuff on him. And don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, it's like it's great that they can get away with that stuff and they don't have to shy away from it. Mm-hmm. And when you and Connor, when you say they're not ashamed uh, of it at all. Right. I love that. And and when you say like, you know, best movie since uh, The Dark Knight, uh, I love The Dark Knight movies. I, I love them. All of Nolan's films, even the third one, which was not that great, but still loved it. Um, but all of those movies are sort of an apology. Like yes. they're sort of like, here's superheroes, but don't worry about it. We're really grounding it in the real world. And all we're going to sort of whitewash all this silly stuff that, and Marvel is like, fuck you. We're doing it. You know, like we're making cosmic crazy crap. We're we're doing all the stuff that comic book fans have been loving their whole life. And part of the thing I love most about this movie in particular is how many little details, so many little marvely details are in there that I just geek out over and I love that are in there. Like just how people move, mm-hmm. how how Cap uses his shield, how he fights, um, the fact that He's not wearing his Avengers costume in this movie. Like he's – it's very costume specific, specific you know, and yeah. he's, he's wearing his shield costume in this movie. And then there's a big <laughs> deal at the end with him getting back in the World War II costume. Like that's – Which was amazing. I love that So, moment. so awesome. And like all that stuff as a comic book fan is so important to me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that, all those are little details. But oh. I, I think the movie works really well just from a story perspective. The characters – Marvel knows that – these characters need to be fun to be around. They're, yeah. they're funny. We're, I was laughing a lot in this movie and they're charming. They, it still has that sort of Joss Whedon-esque Avengers dialogue style that I enjoy. Anyway, I'll let you guys talk. I, I can well, I'm going to reframe what I said about Dark Knight and say specifically why I, I compare those films because I thought this was the most intricately plotted uh, dark but without being dark Warner Brothers but also had something to say about the real world. And I haven't seen that really since the dark Knight, yeah in that yeah you know, the, it's 
it's it, it's a movie with America in the title, and it doesn't shy away from being about America. It's it's about the the things that are in the zeitgeist right now for our country, which, which is, I was shocked about. That's really what was impressed me was that America is almost the bad guy, and it's not not America, but the complex, the military com- industrial complex, yeah. and and spying and militarization is right. all. I mean. Paul, I think you're going to say that the villain was lacking, but okay. I just, I'm just I'm just guessing. But uh, do you have an algorithm that tells you? Why well, because you mentioned that. something before, and that's yeah, where yeah. it triggered it. But uh, the bad guy isn't so much Loki or Red Skull. It's this this organization that has grown up around fear and mil- distrust. military distrust, and that's really what he's fighting against. It's not so much point. Baron Strucker, which was awesome. We'll get to that, but it's it's. He's fighting against that moment in that trailer where he says, "This isn't. This is not freedom. It's fear." That's the villain. The right. Hydra is the villain ostensibly, but really, it's 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 that culture that's grown up around fear, and that's what he's trying to break. He's the guy from the forties going, "Hey, whoa, 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 what's going on here?" <laughs> and and that's that was what I thought was great about it. it was it was audacious enough to make that the bad guy, the government, the bad guy. Okay, which was that, always the the best cap stories in the comics. Too. That's my point of contention. Um. I, I just, you know, before anyone, I, I really enjoy this. I, I got a real kick out of this and was smiling through much of it. Um, the one disappointment for me was that I thought that that's what they were doing, but I felt like Hydra um, being so ingrained into S.H.I.E.L.D. was a bit of a cop-out. It wasn't just, um, it wasn't just corruption. It was, there are secret Nazis here it's you know existent in this organization that we thought was so good um i I'm felt sure that was a plot point was that a plot point in the brubaker story was that hydrated infiltrated, infiltrated shield yeah um i just i i preferred it i mean there were there were inklings of this in the avengers um with cap butting heads with nick fury and what are you going to do with the tesseract and what kind of studies are you doing exactly and what are your plans for that and i i thought they having Having them turn into sort of complete um, black hats, um, but it wasn't all of, of them. It was just the it was the no, group, the, the Hydra group. I, I still think I still think that there was a lot of of um, shades of gray with yeah. regard to Nick Fury in particular. Like he, yes, he fights against the the real black hats, but he's right. not exactly a white hat. You I know like what I mean? that no, I wouldn't well, trust yeah. him for a second for anything. Yeah. I think Cap is real has realized that about Nick Fury. It's like, you know, you, you can you can say you stand up for freedom, but if he was all if, too happy to deploy those exactly uh, those, uh, helicarriers out there, and so the the, the story is that uh, Shield is secretly developing these helicarriers, which are armed to the teeth and look like star destroyers, and they're going to uh, seek out the threats before they happen, and which Cap is not happy about. And Nick Fury is on board with that. This isn't before we even find out Hydra is involved. Uh, and the story unfolds, and uh, Black Widow's heavily involved. I think she was great, and Falcon shows up, and I thought he was great. But the story involves that we find eventually that Hydra, since the World War II, since Cap, quote-unquote, won and beat them in the war, uh, has actually been slowly uh, infiltrating the government and take, has taken over S.H.I.E.L.D. At least is there core, there's a core part of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's actually Hydra agents who have been running things, and that's how they become more militarized and and bad ostensibly, and that then the, then that all breaks up and and fights happen. But that's the the real the real twist of this. And the winter, if any kind of negative would be the Winter Soldier in the title isn't so much 
a huge factor in the movie. Yeah, I feel like the next yeah. movie could have been called The Winter Soldier, you know? It seems like they're really setting up the next movie to be that. But uh, uh, I, I love the, the internal struggle aspect of it. I thought once the moment where it turns and Nick Fury becomes a target, and I thought that great sequence with the cars oh, yeah. uh, where, where he's boxed in and he has to get his way out. I thought it was a wonderful sequence. Once that happens, the movie goes into overdrive. But for me, I just mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough of it. I think the point. better subtitle would be Captain America Three Days of the Falcon instead of Three <laughs> Days of the Condor. Um, because cool. I did enjoy the ambition of taking a superhero movie. And even though it does have crazy ideas like Hydra and there is a dude with a monocle by the end of this movie um, and, and Arnim Zola, for Christ's sakes, um, with a computer face um, – they're still doing a political thriller, and that's that's yeah. pretty cool that they're branching out and and taking on things like that, and and doing you know a Star Wars story with Guardians of the Galaxy next, and who knows where they're going to go with with all their movies. It's just even, it's brilliant of them that they know that each of these characters can have its own genre. I think that's even, even so Iron Man three was very different from the other Iron Mans and the other films as well. I think the second wave has been very sort of experimental, even yeah, the kind of stories they can tell. So, but Paul, what did you so what did you like about it if you? If that was the part that got okay. you, what was it that really you enjoyed? I, I love the introduction and the book ending with, uh, with Falcon, with bringing in Sam and uh, his friendship with, with Steve. And I love that Steve is carrying around a little notebook and making a list of things that he needs to catch up on in the modern day. Oh, and that, man. That's a great runner. Yeah, and when, uh, you know, when they're in Arnim Zola's lair and, and he's, t- he's talking to Black Widow, it's, it's all movie references. I've already seen it. He must be so tired of those conversations where people are condescending to him, talking down to him, saying, oh, this was a popular movie back in the 80s or something, you know? And I... For me, um, it, it it made me crave a you know a Black Widow movie or a or a Falcon movie because I think they're such well realized characters. And yeah, they did such a great I love job. These three together, it's, it's a great little ensemble. Yeah, I love the Black Widow Captain America relationship. I thought it was mm-hmm. very interesting in that it was a little flirty, but not flirty. It was a little t- there was a little bit of tension, but there was. They wasn't. feel like friends. They feel like friends, but also like. They don't quite know. There's like a 10% attraction there, but it's not that kind of relationship. <laughs> yeah. You know, she flirts with him, but doesn't really. She, I feel like she looks at him and can't see someone she can't control like other men. Mm, you know, yeah. she doesn't fall for her games. And so that intrigues her, but not to the point where she's actually interested. But it's, it intrigues her because she doesn't know why it doesn't work. And, she and they've both seen so much and they're, they're kind of old souls. And... Right. So it's not like a typical will they, won't they thing, but there is a little bit of that in there because. I felt like it was she, she. She can't treat him like other men, and I, I liked that a lot. He doesn't fall for those games, but he also, you know, recognizes she's very attractive. Like in the, the scene talking about her in a bikini, but um, I liked their relationship quite a bit. I thought she was great. I thought Scarlett Johansson was was really good in this. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I and I think that I can't remember the guy's name. The guy who played Falcon was he's just Anthony fantastic. Mackie. Each of the scenes he was in, I felt like he was a, a real three dimensional guy, and and you instantly likable and and just charming and great and you were rooting for him. It it was such a, we had such a short amount of time to really get to know that guy. And yet it worked. Yeah. I was like, how are they going to, you know, work in the wings? Like I didn't know if that, you know, so making it a preexisting thing where he had a relationship where he was involved in these operations. He didn't have to learn how to fly the wings. He didn't have to learn how to fly them. That was nice. Yeah, and they didn't. We didn't even need to see the mission where they go break them out. It's just like, oh, it's uh, it's in this thing. Like, yeah, no problem. And then we cut to like they've already got it. Like, no big deal. I love. I there love are a lot that. of moments like that where they mention scenes and we don't go through all of the groundwork for like um, uh, kidnapping the one shield guy and putting him in the van. 
is where you're going right. to go around the corner and get in this car, and then we're going to you just skip right to the roof. Like it's it's very lean in that way. It was great. I I, I thought that was great. And that was interesting. That Jasper Sitwell is the character that is ties it to the show. He is uh he's showed up in Agents of Shield a few times. We're going to talk about Agents of Shield later on how this affects that, but. That was the moment where it sort of crossed over, and that was the, the link between the two. And he turns out to be a Hydra agent, agent as well. I thought they also did a good job of integrating. I mean, there's a lot of players in the board here. We had we had Agent Thirteen who did not have a big role, but she, I thought she was. I was good. surprised at how small that role was. But Maria Hill, I thought I thought her parts were good. I mean, she mm-hmm. was in a, only a little bit, but she I thought she was great at the end, especially sort of coordinating the entire that battle. Yeah. Um, you had uh, you had crossbones, but in his civilian guise of uh, Brock Rumblow, Rumlo. He was very is, good. I thought everyone should know he's evil with that name. But, but he was <laughs> Batroc so, was yeah, Batroc the Leaper, and it, you just they had a lot of elements in this movie. I thought they juggled, juggled them very well. One of the things Marvel does really well is juggle a lot of characters and give, make sure they all have their moment. Uh, and they did it really well. I thought uh, one of the things that I brought up in my video interview that I did on my YouTube channel of this uh, is that I, I couldn't help throughout the entire thing comparing this to man of steel uh, mm-hmm. because i was so, i don't know how you guys felt about that movie but i was so disappointed in it you shouldn't yes. mention it it makes us angry yeah no <laughs> it it's, was, it's it was heartbroken it's, yeah it's one of it's it's a complete failure as far as i'm concerned but i really feel like this is a lesson in how to do superman i mean you have basically the same type of guy you have this sure. boy scout character who who uh who Marvel figured out how to make him work in a modern day setting. Yes, he's a man out of time, but so you have an alien with Superman. So it could be the same type of thing. And yep. he's so, he's so charming and grounded and earnest, funny, good, earnest. Yeah. And I, my, one of my favorite things about this movie is that he, at the end, he fights until the point at which people are safe. And mm-hmm. then he stops. And he's like, I'm not going to fight you anymore mm-hmm. because he, he will do whatever is necessary to protect people. And then once he's got that covered, then he can be personal. And I just thought that was so brilliant. It's like, that's exactly what Superman should be. It's prioritize the safety of humanity. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And, and, uh, I just thought that worked so well to have Cap go, you know what? I'm not fighting you kick the crap out of me if you want, dude, but People are safe. I, you know, I put those things in there. I don't want to have to do that, but I will do whatever's necessary to you to save them. I, I just thought that worked so and well. What's, I think what's so crucial with it, um, and this is where Warner Brothers sort of went overboard, is trying to give him something of an edge so he's not entirely milk toast and, and boring. And I think they accomplished that. Where he, oh, yeah. he feels like I'm the I'm the oldest man in the room. I have the experience. I'm not necessarily going to talk down to you, but I'm not going to let you talk down to me either because I'm a fossil. Um, right. I'm you know I I I've been through everything. I, I his his confrontation with Batrock, where you know Batrock is you know is is let down by the fact that he keeps using his shields. Well, let's see what I can do without the shield, and he puts yeah, it on yeah. his back. Yeah, he's not corny, but no. he's. But he's genuine and he's uh, he's um, you know he's noble and he's all those all those things that you want in a superhero, especially a superhero like Superman or Captain America, but without going over the edge of being like feeling outdated and corny. It's I the guy it's, that Tom Brokaw is always talking about. Exactly, exactly. And and I think also we should applaud Chris Evans because I great. mean I was I was a little skeptical when I first heard about the casting news way back when, and I thought the first movie really proved him. But this one, I think, even more. He's he's just fantastic in the part. 
he has a great mix of humor and um, humility, which is crucial to Captain America. Yeah. And you, you believe it. You, you believe it. And it's, it's pretty hard. I mean, this was always going to be the hardest role to cast of all these Avengers. Mm-hmm. Because before those reasons we just talked about. But you believe him. I think he's great. Um, but I, I also, let's talk about Winter Soldier a bit. Because he was not, for, for a character in the title, he wasn't in it as much as you would have thought. But I thought he was a good menacing character. I thought yeah. uh, when, they, when he and Cap fought, it was great. Because clearly they were, they were sort of mirror images of each other. And those are great hand-to-hand combat scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if you... I don't know... This is weird. The, let's talk about the marketing for a second. Because there's a, the twist in the movie itself is it's revealed that Winter Soldier's Bucky. And if you've read the comics, obviously you know that. But people who haven't wouldn't. Um, and in our screening, there was some gasps in the back. I don't know. I was sitting in the back and Jeff was in the middle. Um, and I actually heard someone say, no way, like, down That's my cool. aisle. I like, <laughs> is, I like that that happened. cool. But... Yeah. If you look, they've been trotting him out with Chris Evans at every photo op, and every and every he was at the the ringing of the bell at the stock exchange, and he's he's they're, they're, they're well, not to everybody's no, watching that stuff. No, but they seem to be making no. There's no effort to hide the fact that this is who he is. And I don't think they don't need to, but it's just strange to me because that is a point mm-hmm. in the movie where you don't know who he is for a long time. I he's think wearing a mask. it feels like a case of hiding in plain sight. Like I, they're not going out of their way to hide it. Um, to the detriment of marketing the film and letting the actor go out there and promote it. Um, but they're not necessarily in your face, I don't think, with saying, it's Bucky, it's Bucky, to mm-hmm. m- to the vast majority of audiences. Right. So it's going to surprise some people, I don't, th- but I also don't think it hurts that we know. Um, there are other surprises for us, for sure, even if we already know that it's Bucky. Right. Like hearing Stephen Strange mentioned. Oh, man. I was like, yeah, that what? was rad. <laughs> well, I thought, okay, well, then they're, they're, they're definitely doing Doctor Strange in the next wave. Then, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I know somebody used to work at Marvel and that, that was the intimation they made, but that was basically the confirmation that they're definitely doing that one next. Well, they're talking about they got plans till what, 2028 in the article that went out this week? That's yeah. crazy. Wow. That, just that number. Even though we live in 2014, it still sounds. Like when you say 2014 to me, even 2014, not 2020, yeah, it should be Blade Runner. As you're running, you know, walking around with the, the, the lit up umbrella things, you know? Well, this is, so let's talk about that for a second. So this movie ends, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is splintered, it's, it's done, it's over. Uh, Captain America is a little disillusioned. Winter Soldier is on the fence about who he is and who he should be fighting. And Crossbones is still alive. And we've introduced Agent 13. I think they're basically setting up the death of Captain America storyline for the third movie. And then the, the Bucky mm. cap going forward because they have all the ingredients. Yeah, they have all the ingredients in place. I asked this person I know what their plans were. Were they going to be rebooting these movies? Because obviously Chris Evans is going to play Captain America forever. Also, he doesn't really want to act anymore. And and you know you got the same problem with Tony Stark and, and et cetera. They said no. We're you know there's things in place for these characters to be reborn without rebooting. And basically, one way to do that is to have Bucky become Cap. That's what I mm. think is they're going to do for three. It does have a multi-picture deal from what we've heard. Sebastian Stan, I mean. Right. So they could easily do – they have all the ingredients to do that. It's, it's, um, it's also interesting. I like where that even though we don't get a whole lot of Winter Soldier for a movie to be called Winter Soldier, I like where they leave the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was expecting since they showed him sort of breaking through his programming and remembering things. I thought, oh, they're going to clean this up by the end. And he's, you know, going to be brought into the fold. That's not the case. He's going to be out there on his own and he's figuring things out. And as we saw in the little coda at the end of the credits, 
he's investigating who he was and what he does with that is is interesting so it's he i like that they were pretty ambitious with this but they weren't so crazy as to try and tell that entire story in one movie right i really yeah. appreciate that 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 yeah. they can bring that over into captain america 3 because of course they're going to have a captain america 3 well that's what's so wonderful about these marvel movies at this point now this whole wave 2 is is there such a confidence like we we don't have to rush anything. We've got time. We've got multiple movies. We've got multiple franchises. It, it, it's very confident. It's very confident in what we can show you, what elements we can bring into stuff and how things can relate to other things. It's, uh, it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, and I, I remember thinking that in the middle of this movie, thinking, geez, they did it again. Like, yeah, they, they've done it again. And it's, and it's with two directors who really only had film experience, I mean, TV experience. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know it. And I, I love the fact that a lot of it was practical. Obviously, there was giant helicarriers things. But there was a lot of car stuff that yeah. was real oh, yeah. car practical scenes. It felt very grounded. And you know, everyone talked about the 70s spy feel from the trailer. And that's the feel they were going for as much as you can through the lens of a Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. But yeah. adding Robert Redford in was really, really helped you know, foster that feeling. And I thought you know, he's got a small role too. But he, he added a well, level of gravitas to the whole thing, which really yeah, worked. It's not as small a role as I assumed it would be. I, I heard Robert Redford's going to be in it, and I figured, oh, he's not going to do anything too ridiculous. But he does some comic booky stuff. You know, he, right. he he twists the mustache a little bit in this movie, and I I thought, wow, that's kind of awesome that they he's got, got an app on his phone far. that blows people up. <laughs> yeah, what, why isn't your first move to take that lapel off your your shirt? Yeah, you know? the, the, uh, like, but I thought he was great. I mean, you know, he's. At first, it was a little incongruous to see him in a film like this. And I don't know why, but it just is. But I thought I love Robert Redford just to begin with. But he was he was really good. I loved his scenes with Nick Fury. They, I liked that yeah. they had a history, and that was fun. Um, I, I thought this was such a, the, the, the Marvel casts the movie very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've had a major misstep, at least in my opinion, yet with a major character. But they Edward, they just do Edward such a Norton good job. Would be the only I would say. Yeah, I, people and people forget that movie even existed, and I, I do sometimes yeah. too. But um, I think they've been really, this has been really strong. Now, um, sh- let's talk about Shield for a second. They, so okay. you guys don't no, no longer watch Agents of Shield, and it has gotten way better uh, lately. But uh, I have ten of them on my DVR, so I'm I'm intending to catch up at some point. I plan to, yeah, I plan to revisit them at some point. But so this week's episode. So what they did this week was um, they had Jasper Sitwell, the, the, the turncoat agent, in the episode. Then he got called off to go on that boat in the middle of the show. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's cool. I and love then, that. Has that ever happened before that a TV show no, interacts really. with film wow. frame? Oh, that's amazing. With such immediacy, too. Yeah. And then uh, and so the whole thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is they have the post-credits. And I'm saying I'm using air quotes, but you can't see. Uh, the post-credits scene, scene. And in this one, it was just a scene from the movie. Actually, it was... Oh, wow. It was Nick Fury being attacked, which didn't really work because the the quality of the film was different and the aspect ratio was different. But, mm. um, but so now Shield has been disbanded, discarded, and then you've got a show called mm. Agents of Shield. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see going forward what they're going to do. And then the, the, the preview for next week's show showed a lot of uh, internal strife and things like that. So I think that's going to be. Didn't it, it seemed to you guys that they were kind of setting up Secret War a little bit. I could see that. Bendis's yeah, version of that, maybe yes, and that's possibly. sort of that's um, if you you know the end with with Fury, I don't know why he has to destroy his eye patch, um, but uh, when he's you know going in the hoodie and everything, right. he's going to think of Secret 
sure. he's going to go over into Europe. Like that's the that's the Nick Fury that we we saw in Marvel not so long ago, like in Civil War, where he's like in underground bunkers and stuff. Well, Secret War set up Civil War, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, you, I mean, they that could be where they're headed. <laughs> it could be kind of dig that. That's crazy to even contemplate that. But right, because uh, I feel like I've I've gotten my my fill of of Shield. Like I, I, I've seen enough of it. I'd like to see some other things because, because sometimes it, you know, like with Iron Man two, like it encroaches on stuff and it takes That's, over the movie in a way. And so I'm not even worry about Iron Man two. That yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I'm so happy that a movie, that a Captain America movie was this sort of intense and dark, and not even and not dark in that in that Man Steel way, but just sort of dark and real. Uh, yeah. I'm really impressed by that. Really impressed that they decided to go sort of real world commentary on it. Really impressed that they do all that, but it's still super fun and funny, as Jeff said earlier. And impressed that they had so many of these characters that we know juggled so well. And a complete departure from the first Captain America movie. Yes, total total mm-hmm. departure. It's not said, a reboot, but it's it feels tonally different and and appropriate. And it's it's two different Captain Americas. You know, a lot of people love the World War II Captain America stories. A lot of people love. The you know uh, man out of time Captain America stories. So and I, I have a friend who and I loved the first Captain movie. He hated it, didn't even finish it. And I said, I told him after this, you got to go see this because it's totally different. I will say that yeah. that's not I I you know I don't hate the movie, but it's not my favorite. Um, I'm just I'm not necessarily a Cap guy. I'm more of a Thor guy or a Hulk guy. Um, so I, but I do I do think this is a step up from that definitely. One of the things that was interesting that I, I thought of uh, during the movie was. We actually got to see Cap and Peggy or Steve and Peggy back together. Yeah, yeah. And Peggy is now old, and they did a good job on that makeup. Well, at first I was like, "Is that right?" Yeah, that was the actress. But so when the scene opens, they're in the middle of a conversation, and I thought, "Wow, they're not giving us that moment of reunion." Mm-hmm. Like we, yeah. I thought we we felt like we earned that moment in the first film, but then they sort of. Uh, bring it back by having her having Alzheimer's so yeah. she in the middle of the conversation forgets and, and sees Steve again for the first time again so that was punch in the gut a punch in the gut I, re- I still wish we had seen Steve's side of seeing her for the first time but yeah that's a little funny that's but uh, that's a, that's I, I a thought, great point I thought I would like to have seen that scene but I thought the way they did it was at least and I hate to say clever it was something that involves Alzheimer's but at least it was, it was interesting the way they handled it no I see what uh, you mean though that's yeah I thought there was a lot of clever stuff. Uh, there's these two gigantic moments of exposition that happen in the movie, and both of them worked really, really well and were so smartly done. The 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 part of the beginning when he goes and sort of watches the movie about himself and wonders. Right. I thought that was a poignant moment that really functions to give you a whole lot of information that you need about Bucky. And then the other one when we go into uh, Zola's. You know, computer layer. I love that whole sequence, and it's basically just this in huge information dump to the audience. But but it's so awesome how it's being done that we don't feel like it's just exposition. It's great. I really I thought this was so good, so so good. Even down to the credit sequence at the end, the black and white sort of uh, as you said, three days at the Condor style. Yeah, credits. It was. Oh yeah, that was really nice. Let's talk about the uh, mid the mid credits. Mid credits. So. Uh, first of all, never expect to see Baron von Strucker, and, and I, I thought they announced his casting a while ago, but I've forgotten maybe. But yeah, they, they were talking about Avengers two. He was going to be, yeah, up. but uh, with a little monocle, and I actually gasped 
to the point where my girlfriend looked at me like something was wrong. <laughs> I just love Baron von Strucker. Uh, but then we also got our first glimpse of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the in the mid credit sequence, which I was not expecting. I thought because there's a little I, I don't know if it's a fake out, but for it was like, oh, it's a Tesseract scene. They're going to show the Tesseract again. But then they but then they threw that at you. And I totally wasn't expecting to see them, you know, maybe mentioned, you know, maybe see like a file on them or something. But you actually get to see them using their powers and they're called, you know, referred to as the twins. I was like, wow, this is happening. <laughs> so many characters. It was yeah. crazy. I was not expecting that. It was very cool. I'm very much looking forward to Avengers 2. Oh, me too. Oh, my gosh. It, uh, it was very cool. And then the, the, the final credits that we mentioned earlier was Bucky at that same event or the same exhibit, the Smithsonian, narrated by Gary Sinise uh, investigating his, uh, his, his own museum piece, which must be weird for him. Uh, but I just thought as a whole, as a package, this was really wonderful. And they're 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 firing on all cylinders, which is crazy. Yep. Yeah, and it's so satisfying to watch. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Guardians of the Galaxy, with Ant Man, with Doctor Strange, presumably. Yeah. Uh, when you start to get to the more out there elements of the Marvel universe, the less familiar Avengers elements, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I don't know. I thought that about the Thor movies, and those <laughs> seem to work really well. Thor and- was a yeah. I remember Thor being such a huge question mark for me because I. I was like, how do you even convey that in the reality that we've set up already in the cinematic universe? And even just down to the the portrayal of Thor himself, like, what does Thor sound like? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. And then, and but now it's that's that's Thor to me. Yeah, I, I think that Doctor Strange is actually uh, it seems to me a safer bet than. Than even Thor was. I feel like Doctor Strange is going to be an awesome movie. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of that character, and I think mm-hmm. I think it's a cinematic character, you know. And I I, th- I think he could integrate into the Avengers world much smoother than say Ant Man would. Uh, but we'll see. So now you mentioned uh, Civil War as a possible endpoint for all this, or at least where they're heading, but. The only problem I see with that is there's not really two factions in the Marvel Universe. I mean, I well, guess, I guess the, Avengers of- could, the Avengers could fight each other, but there's not like an X-Men and a Fantastic Four right. to really break up the team. You know what I mean? Which makes me so crazy. I, just seeing, especially seeing this movie, I walked out of it and and uh, had been thinking about the whole Fantastic Four casting and stuff, which which is cool. But I wish so much that Fantastic Four could be part of the Marvel family uh, of movies i want to be i want them to be interacting with reed richards and uh, right. i want that so badly but yeah i would say fantastic four especially like at this point x-men would be really tricky to try to shoehorn in mm-hmm. you know but well you get the angle with uh scarlet witch and quicksilver i mean I, right there you got who, i was who's dad yeah i was nerding out you know in the credits thinking about like well what if they're from another dimension you know like and like <laughs> they came from the x-men world and so that way they're connected <laughs> this cause... dimension called sony or fox <laughs> <laughs> exactly um no i i think uh you could you could have two factions in civil War. i mean in the first avengers movies you are you already saw Tony Stark and uh, Steve Rogers butting heads. You know, there right. was that wonderful scene where they're kind of fighting over the Tesseract. And 
I, I could totally see, you know, you have the Robert Downey Jr. versus Chris Evans in those two factions. And then you have, you know, all these characters that we're supposedly getting now in this Netflix series and stuff. It, it can right. be really, really wild. They're they're getting there. I I could see them doing not, you know, in the next, you know, three years or something, but down the line, I could see that happening. Well, it's going to be interesting. The great thing is we get so many of these or so many, three or two or three a year. And it's so fun. It's so yeah. much fun. And yes. they haven't dropped the ball yet, which means I still look forward to everyone so much. This one especially. I was really like, when the trailer for this one hit, I was like, where in my calendar can I write this down? Because I'm so, <laughs> I want this movie now. But and that's, uh, the, that's the cool thing is because I, I'm, I'm excited that, you know, you're, you're really excited about Captain America. I'm really excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm excited for all of them, but we each have our own like special corners that we like. Yeah. And that's 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 really cool, and I, I I'm grateful that that's there for you know people who who love each of these characters, even if that's not entirely my affinity, um, because I know that it's going to be my turn next. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that's that's probably the one that's the biggest question mark for me is Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought the trailer was really fun. I love but, yeah, I did too. I did but too. I, I don't know how that's going to go. I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just I'm just very very apprehensive. About that particular one, I I'm thought this hopeful. that scene in and Thor at the end was terrible. I'm still, I'm still haunted by that that scene at the end of Thor, the credit scene. Oh, oh with, yeah, the collector and all that. Yeah, it looked like Star Trek, which in a was, not was, good way. in a not good way, in like a TV show Star Trek. Right. So that was Captain America: Winter Soldier. I I loved it. Jeff loved it. Paul sucked. I thought it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I recommend everyone go see it. See it again. I'm going to go see it again. Uh, oh, yeah, me too. I, w- I want to see mm-hmm. it with a big, although we saw it in a big packed theater, I want to see it in a big packed audience full of people who aren't necessarily all in on this stuff. It's always fun to see those mm-hmm. those audiences. I'm glad the media screening wasn't in 3D, though, I have to say. Yeah, Paul, how did you see it? I saw it in 2D. Um, I, I knew somebody who saw it in 3D in like third row because there was assigned seatings for their screening, and that could not have been fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan. Not a this, fan of well, there, there, I think there are movies that, you know, that, you know, beg to. Well, gravity worked really well. Gravity, it's, right. you know, it's designed for that. Um, you know, even the first Spider-Man was, it was, or the Amazing Spider-Man, like, because it was shot in 3D. Um, There's a movie but, I'm not excited about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I would rather Marvel get, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, I would rather Marvel get back Fantastic Four than Spider-Man at this point. I feel like they could do better things with Fantastic Four than even with Spidey, but that's just me. FF is more of a clean slate at this point, too. Right. Well, it's yeah. about to not be, but yeah. It's about to not be, but if they could get it right now. Yeah. That's the only, I think the only downside to the Marvel success is that everyone's trying to emulate it, so we're going to get all these shared universe films that you don't necessarily want. Exactly. We're going to get all the Sinister Six movies and all that crap. And but I want to I want to put Jeff on the spot, though, like a character that hasn't been announced or rumored that you would like to see in the that hasn't been spoken for that you'd like to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, my God. That's a good question. What are the what are the characters that haven't been spoken for? Um, there's Moon so Knight. many that they're working on. Moon Knight. Moon Knight would be cool. I mean, Moon Knight's basically Batman, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that could be cool. Um, I, I guess I'm a fan of Moon Knight. Um, can I have a Quasar movie? <laughs> I yes, like um, what else uh, they're almost all spoken for they really are they're, they're, that's what's so incredible I mean I, I want I want the Power Man Iron Fist movie real yes. bad 
uh, and I want it to be set in the seventies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want. I was when I saw Black Dynamite, I was like, that guy should direct it. <laughs> uh, what else do I want so bad? Um, I wonder. I wonder where they're going to shoehorn in the Punisher. Yeah, I guess. I wonder because if he's they, is he a Spider Man like? Proper? No, they got it. They got they, they got him? they got the Punisher back along with Daredevil. Yeah. That's a good fit for the Netflix series. But totally. I just wonder if they're going to do that or not because. I can't believe they want to do another Punisher. Uh, movie. Yeah, I would say Netflix yeah. versus. Um, yeah, well, he. I don't think he did, he needs his own movie. Like, let him be in no. the universe, but let him be uh, some kind of dude that pops up in places. You know. I'm scrolling through my Marvel app, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of characters that haven't already been spoken for or aren't already owned by another another studio. What about like a female character, like She-Hulk or uh, She-Hulk Marvel or something? I think that's I think that's the next one they need to do. They need to, they need to get Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, however you want to call yeah. her now, mm-hmm. into somewhere. Yeah, I think, I think that needs to happen. I think it will. But uh, there's not a lot left, Paul. I'm looking through this app, and they're all a movie, 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 TV show. Yeah, I'll say that's, that's <laughs> I'll say that's top of my wish list is Captain Marvel. Yeah, that would that could be really fun. That could be a really fun film. And that's a good. That's also a good bridge between like Iron Man and cosmic stuff because she she can interact with cosmic characters and with the more grounded characters that we've already seen true true okay cool well that was that was fun and i i really am excited and happy the movie was great i'm happy you guys liked it Mm -hmm. uh you as out there listening you tell us what you thought but ifmway.com find the comment section tell us what you thought of the film um i'm guessing from the chatter i've seen online most people really loved it I've seen nothing but high praise for this movie all over Twitter and Facebook and things like that. So go there, check those out. Uh, Jeff, tell people where they can find your shows. Uh, the easiest way is to follow me on Twitter at Jeff Canada. That's with two N's and one T uh, or check my website, jeffcanada.com. Cool. And uh, Paul, anything you want to plug? Uh, Fuzzy Typewriter, the podcast about stories, storytellers, art, and artists. You can go to fuzzytypewriter.com. We were talking about Justified, episode by episode, and starting soon, uh, Mad Men, episode by episode for this final season. And Paul and I will be back for Spider-Man in May. I think that's that's next, right? Sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man and then when is Guardians of the Galaxy? Wait, X Men's in there somewhere. X Men's in there. Days of Future Past, and then Guardians. We got we got some stuff coming out the rest of the year. Yeah. So we'll another movie. It's like I just can't believe we're living in the world where they made Days of Future Past. <laughs> like uh-huh. that. I can. If I could tell ten year old me that that was going to happen, he was. Just would, hold on, little Jeff. Just he, it's going to happen, man. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, we'll see. So, well, uh, Paul, and I'll be back for a bunch of those shows. Jeff, thank you for coming on for the oh. episode. Josh, Thanks, so man. much fun. Thanks, guys. Keep making that joke. He's never going to come back to these movie shows. So (laughs) until the next one, I am Connor. I'm Paul. And I'm Jeff. Jeff. I look around. He's a brown now. And the sky is a hazy shade of winter. I hang on to your hopes, my friend. That's an easy thing to say, but if your hopes should pass away, simply pretend. And build them again Look around The grass is high The fields are ripe